You're listening to the Jesus for Everyone podcast, a podcast where we talk about the intersection of faith and social justice and what a first century Jewish prophet of the poor from Galilee offers us today in our work of love, compassion, and justice. To support this podcast, go to renewedheartministries.com and click donate. They don't have to have the last word. They may interrupt our work of shaping our world into a safe, compassionate, just home for all. But if we keep at it, they will be just interruptions. Love can transform hate. Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of the Jesus for Everyone podcast. My name is Herb Montgomery, and this is episode 465. Our title this week is Resurrection as Good News, and our reading is from the Gospel of Luke, Luke 24, 13 through 35. It says, Now the same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened, and as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked, about Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who is going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. He said to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going further. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. And when he was at the table with them, he took the bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up, returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together, saying, it is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened to them on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. So for for Early Jesus followers, the good news, remember, it was not that Jesus had died or that Jesus had died for them, but that their Jesus, whom the Romans crucified, was alive. All that had been done, all that had been accomplished through the the death of Jesus had been reversed 
overcome and undone. Jesus's murder on on the state's cross had been intended to stop his life-saving work, but his resurrection transformed that into just a mere interruption. The resurrection caused his his saving work to live on, especially in the lives of his followers as they, they lived and shared what their Jesus taught. And I feel so strongly about this point. Uh, uh, so much harm has been done in Christianity by focusing on Jesus's death in other ways. And I often refer to uh, the the essay for God so loved the world by Joanne Carlson Brown and Rebecca Parker, which I, I think helps explain some of these issues. And as I've shared before, um, I'll put a link to this article in this week's eSite. Um, it's Jesus's teachings that the early followers found to be intrinsically life giving, and and and. and that's the good news in the book of Acts, too. He whom they had killed, God had brought back to life. You find this in Acts 4.33, Acts 2.22-24, Acts 2.32-33, Acts 3.12-16, Acts 4.10-11, Acts 5.30-32, and Acts 10. 36 through 43. And I'll read the last one from Acts 13, 35 through 38. It would be well worth going back and looking at all of those. But uh, Acts 13, 35 through 38 writes, even though they found no cause for a sentence of death, uh, they asked Pilate to have him killed. And when they had carried out everything that was written about him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead. And we bring you the good news that what God promised to our ancestors, he has fulfilled for us, their children, by raising Jesus. So if, if you find more life-giving value in the teachings of Jesus, teachings that the resurrection testifies to, I want to encourage you this week. You're not alone. There are many who live in or stand in solidarity with uh, oppressed communities that have seen how destructive traditional explanations of Jesus's death have been. One recent example is De La Torre's uh, article, and I'll put a link to it this week in the site as well, What If Crucifixion Is Not Salvific? And this week, in the spirit of those in our lectionary reading for whom the good news was that Jesus was alive, uh, I want to share just a small collection of encouraging quotations from other theologians who have, have deeply encouraged me and, and who have come to your same conclusion. These are from feminist and womenist scholars. The first one is uh, Kelly Brown Douglas. This is from her book, Stand Your Ground, Black Bodies and the Justice of God, page 181 through 182. She writes, Jesus takes on evil. He takes on and defeats not granting the power of death any authority over him. He does not respond in kind by adopting the methods of this power. The final triumph over the death of the cross is the resurrection of Jesus. The resurrection is God's definitive victory over the crucifying powers of evil. The cross represents the powers that denigrates human bodies. 
destroys life and preys on the most vulnerable in society. As the cross is defeated, so too it is that power, and talking about being defeated, by life-giving. It's defeated by life-giving rather than life-negating force. That is, it is not the power that diminishes the life of another so that others might live. God's power respects the integrity of all human bodies and the sanctity of all life. This is a resurrecting power. God's power never expresses itself through humiliation or denigration of another. It does not triumph over life. It conquers death by resurrecting life. It, if indeed the power of life that God stands for is greater than the power of death, this must be manifest in the way God triumphs over death-dealing powers. The freedom of God that is life requires a liberation from the very weapons utilized by a culture of death. In other words, these weapons cannot become divine weapons. The culmination of this liberation is Jesus' resurrection. The next is from Dolores Williams. This is Sisters in the Wilderness, The Challenge of uh, Womanist God Talk, page 130 through 131. It says, It seems more intelligent and more scriptural to understand that redemption had to do with God through Jesus giving humankind new vision to see the resources for positive, abundant, relational life. Redemption had to do with God through the ministerial vision giving humankind the ethical thought and practice upon which to build positive, productive quality of life. Hence, the kingdom of God theme in the ministerial vision of Jesus does not point to death. It's not something one has to die to reach. Rather, the kingdom of God is a metaphor of hope that God gives those attempting to right the relations between self and self, between self and others, between self and God, as prescribed in the Sermon on the Mount, in the Golden Rule, and in the commandment to show love above all else. And lastly is a passage from Joan Carlson Brown and Rebecca Parker. This is from the earlier the earlier essay that i referenced uh the for god's love of the world question mark um uh, and again i'll put a link to it in this week's article but uh they write suffering is never redemptive suffering cannot be redeemed the cross is a sign of tragedy god's grief is revealed there everywhere and every time life is thwarted by violence god's grief is as ultimate as god's love Every tragedy eternally remains and is eternally mourned, eternally the murdered scream, betrayal, eternally God sings, Kadesh, for the world. To be a Christian means keeping faith with those who have heard and lived God's call for justice, radical love, and liberation, who have challenged unjust systems, both political and ecclesiastical, and who in that struggle have refused to be victims, have refused to come under the threat of violence, suffering, and death. Fullness of life is attained in moments of decision for such faithfulness and integrity. When the threat of death is refused, and the choice is made for justice, radical love, and liberation, the power of death is overthrown. Resurrection is radical courage. Resurrection means that death is overcome in those precise instances when human beings choose life, refusing the threat of death. Jesus climbed out of the grave in the Garden of Gethsemane when he refused to abandon his commitment to the truth even though his enemies threatened him with death. On Good Friday, 
the resurrected one was crucified. So, so maybe there are so many atonement theories that out there today that failed to adequately explain how Jesus's death saves because it doesn't. And maybe our questions as to, to how Jesus's death saves, maybe those questions go unanswered simply because we're asking the wrong question. And, and I, like the scholars that I've just mentioned, that I've just read from, I find much more life in focusing on the intrinsic saving value of the teachings of Jesus. For me, this intrinsic value is life-giving good news. And, and the resurrection story, um, those elements in the story, in the Gospels, they tell me, they remind me that violence, bigotry, things like misogyny, patriarchy, racism, homophobia, biphobia, transphobia, classism, authoritarianism, environmental destruction, and a host of all the other other injustices in our world today, they don't have to have the last word. They may interrupt our work of shaping our world into a safe, compassionate, just home for all. But if we keep at it, they will be just interruptions. Love can transform hate. Elements of our communities and societies that are death-dealing can be undone by our choosing things that are life-giving. Death and injustice don't have to have the last word. And for me, in the wake of Easter this year, that is much-needed good news. Heart Group Application Number one, share something that spoke to you from this week's eSight or podcast episode with your heart group. Number two, how is the resurrection good news for you? Share that with your group. And then number three, what can you do this week, big or small, to continue setting in motion the work of shaping our world into a safe, compassionate, just home for everyone? Thanks for checking in with us today. You can find Renewed Heart Ministries on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. If you haven't done so already, please follow us on your chosen social media platform forms for our daily post. And also, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, please take a moment to subscribe uh, to this podcast wherever you're listening to it. And, and consider if that platform offers this option, consider taking some time to give us a review there. This helps others find our podcast as well. And I also want to, again, remind you that we are partnering in a new weekly YouTube show called Just Talking. Uh, each week, Todd Leonard and I will be talking about the, the gospel lectionary reading for the upcoming weekend. We'll be talking about each reading in the context of love and inclusion and societal justice. And our hope is that our talking will be just talking, as in justice, and, and that, our, uh, that during our brief conversations also each week, you'll be inspired to do more than just talking. So if you teach from the lectionary, or if you're just looking for some thoughts on the Jesus story from a more progressive perspective within the context of social justice, uh, check it out. You might like it. You can find Just Talking each week on YouTube at youtube.com at Herb and Todd Just Talking. And please like, subscribe, Hit the notification button. Leave us a comment there. Let us know you dropped by. And if you'd like to reach us here at Renewed Heart Ministries, you can do so through email at info at renewedheartministries.com. My new book, lastly, Finding Jesus, a story of a fundamentalist preacher who unexpectedly discovered the social, political, and economic teachings of the Gospels is now available at renewedheartministries.com. Right where you are, keep living in love, choosing compassion, and taking action working toward justice. I love each of you dearly. I'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.